as you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will realize that there is something ahead. Something that lurks behind the dark veil. A veil that is beyond our own comprehension. And welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Damn, Woo! girl. <laughs> My nipples are hard. Uh, Ready to go. <laughs> welcome, guys. Welcome to a brand new episode, our Thursday's Flesh and Potatoes. Today, we're going to be talking about two movies. We're going to be calling, well, we're actually going to be calling this episode Human Seamstress. So perfect. And why did we call it that? It's because we're talking about two movies, American Mary and May. So you're going to want to stick around for that. I feel like we should just jump right into it. What do you think, Brittany? Let's do it. Let's do this shit. Guys, buckle the fuck up and hang on to your buttholes because we're going to go for a ride. Hang on to your buttholes. (laughs) Shit's going to get poopy. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to cut that out. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't, because <laughs> that was pretty great. I can't even. <laughs> Things are getting Shit's going to get more articulate, because <laughs> we're, uh, clearly, we're not there yet. <laughs> clearly, we're getting more articulate. <laughs> I hope so, because we're starting on the, on the downward downward scale currently. <laughs> Only one way to go, and that's hopefully up. Anyway, guys, <laughs> hang tight for our flesh and potatoes of human seamstress. All right, guys, we're back, and we're going to kick it off with one of the movies of the two. Which one should we do, Brittany? Hmm? <laughs> one of the movies of the two. Yeah, which one should we do? I mean, do you want to do chronological order or? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we could do, you know, American Mary. We could do May. It doesn't matter. Let's do American Mary first. Ladies' Choice. Oh, it is Women in Horror Month, so. It's Brittany in Horror Month. So you want to do uh, American Mary first? Yeah, let's do American Mary first. Okay, let's do it. All right. All right, yo. <laughs> Y'all ready? Y'all, Y'all ready, ready for, for this? this? Oh yeah. my god, fuck you! Oh my god, Jinx, you owe me a battle tank. <laughs> we do that a lot. We do that a lot. Because we have so many stupid fucking references built up in our brain. <laughs> we're pop culture. Pop culture. Oh. All right, guys, we're going to kick it off with American Mary first. This movie was released in 2012. Just a quick little gist about what it is. Uh, the allure of easy money sends Mary Mason, a medical student, into the world of underground surgeries, which ends up leaving more marks on her than her so-called freakish clients. 
This film was directed and written by the Twisted Twins themselves, Jen and Sylvia Soska, who are mostly known, in my opinion, as they should be, for their first movie that they ever did, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. <laughs> um, and Way they, to kick open the door. And their first major feature film um, that they did, that was released, I guess, probably the major production, was See No Evil 2. Mm. And also they did another film called Vendetta and then a whole bunch of crazy amount of shorts, um, short films and videos and right. and things like that. If you don't know who they are, I feel sorry for you. And they also do Elevator. And they do Elevator, which is which a is actually probably popular. Pretty ridiculous game show. But right. I mean, it's it's fucking I like it. It's I actually like it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't like necessarily dis uh, like all the reactions of everyone, but it's a you know, it's a crapshoot. You don't know. There's some pretty fantastic people but the, that they the, pick the Saska that sisters shit, are so. fucking badass i'm like like they're fucking dark they humor yeah it's fucking great dude i want it's so theatrical friend. but it's funny i yeah i really like them just yeah i'm gonna fangirl out a little bit about how much i like them go ahead and also about how they cast one of my favorite women in ever in this movie so <laughs> we'll get into that um we're, we're about to uh, let's that's what you were, we're born to do into it i'm born ready <laughs> We were about to. That's what I was born to do. Jesus Christ. I'm drooling over here. Warm it up, Brit. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm old. I'm sorry. I'm old. Like, I'm not that old, Alex. I'm dying. (laughs) Get the Ben Gay. (laughs) All right. So, this movie stars one of my favorite, 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 favorite actresses ever, Catherine Isabel, who plays Mary Mason herself who is mostly known for her role in Ginger Snaps. Yeah. She's also in Bones, Insomnia, and she was on Hannibal, the TV series, which is also fucking incredible and got canceled way too soon, Mm. in my opinion. Um, It also stars Antonio Cupo, who plays Billy Barker, who's known for um, Hollywood Flies, Smile, and Sword of War, and a whole bunch of TV roles. Um, It also has Tristan Risk, who plays Beatrice Johnson, or a.k.a. Betty Boop. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was in Darkest Hour. She was also in The Editor. They did a really good job uh, on her makeup. Uh, yeah, like pretty good. Face and stuff. Her like. and Ruby Real Girl were pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and she's also in Cabaret of the Dead. Last but not least, who I'm going to mention is David Lovegren, who plays Dr. Grant, who was in Cool Runnings, <laughs> which I thought was excellent. Like, I don't know if any people know what Cool Runnings is, but it's like about the Jamaican Oh, I know what team. it is. Jamaican bobsled I think team. he's like the Swedish coach. He must be. And I'm um, like, I, I died. His, I mean, can I just say something real quick before no. you get any further? Does his beard seem real? Like, no. does any of his hair seem real? Because it just no. felt weird, right? Like, am I wrong? No, you're right. Like, I the whole time I was like, mm. it's like almost like he had fake hair on. And but it's probably because I also fucking hate his character. Yeah, so it's pretty like it's pretty easy to hate. I'm him. looking for a lot of faults there. But continue. Um, he's also in an episode of Masters of Horror. Um, when the episode was called Sounds Like, and he played a therapist. Yeah, a lot of them, uh, a lot of a these A lot movies. of these actors and actresses yeah. actually did bit roles on, like, Masters of Horror. Um, Twilight or, Zone and yeah. stuff, like, or not, not well, in May as well. Or they did well. in episodes, uh, or, um, I'm sorry, it, they were one of the characters in one of the ABCs of Death, and things like that goes on and, and on and on and on. Another film he was in is called The Humanity Bureau. He also does a lot of TV roles. Okay. And stuff, too. So, Alex... I am intrigued. <laughs> what were your thoughts on this? Well, movie? I'm going to be blatantly honest here. Um, be blunt. Just be blunt. First, blunt and be blunt. The first time I saw this movie, I don't think that it hit the way that I needed it to hit for me to really enjoy it. But 
I really, I definitely was not a fan of it the first time, and I didn't really understand why people were. Now, a lot of that has changed my opinion, which is old now compared because I watched it when it first came out. So did I. And I haven't seen it since, and I just watched it now, so we're talking years from now, and I have a better appreciation for it. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Saska sisters. I really do like them. I love how involved they are with the horror community, how they are abrasive and just straight up fucking badass Fucking, Babes. Yeah, like they're just badass in general. Like they just, I don't know what it is about them. I like them, period. But the second time, I really got into it a little bit more. The third act kind of drags a little bit and it gets a little confusing with itself, I think. But whereas like the first and the second act of this movie are really good. Uh, watching Mary become that strong sort of independent woman who happenstance falls into this job of being a like black market surgeon uh for modification and stuff uh is kind of interesting and and as you know we both know quite a few people in the modification world uh, i'm not going to drop names but we know quite a few people who do a lot of stuff like implants like all the different things now this is obviously an exaggerated case of modification of body modification but some of that, that was part of the problem that I didn't like about it when I first saw it. It's because of how much I knew about it. It bothered me the first time I watched it. But the second time, I kind of let go of that. <laughs> That's so funny, though. I've had the same issue. Really? Okay. Because I didn't think, okay, when I first. But they do a good job. The second time really? I watched it, I was paying attention to that. And oh, I yeah. was like, okay, I think I was being a little critical. Right. And I felt the same. And I honestly, I think I, at the time when I first saw it, I, was, I mean, I was 22. You know, and right. I was like way more heavily involved in like the whole like body modification like and, world. Like yeah, I, yeah. whatever that fucking website was, like their bodymod.com or something. Oh, I forget what it was called in the movie. And the, the one of the founders of that um, passed away a couple years ago. Um, but not the one in the movie, but the actual one. Like there was an actual like huge fucking community and I was on that on it. And I used to do like artistic cutting and like all kinds of like crazy shit. But I never got too too involved further past like my millions and millions of piercings and sure. tattoos and like plate piercings and stuff like that but i never went you know to it, the I extreme but i think what it was that i had problem with is uh that Catherine isabel was i liked her performance a lot i did uh especially the second time but there was like a little moment right there when she kicked the guy out for wanting the piercing or it whatever pissed me off a little it kind of pissed yeah. me off a little bit because i was like didn't you just cut that girl's tongue that is as practical to me cutting someone's tongue is as practical as giving someone a piercing in a way to now though now yeah but like when this first came out it wasn't yeah they were tackling a lot of different things yeah this that like tongue splitting was not nearly as popular i only knew like i knew quite a few people i know i know like at least seven people like at least quite a bit making out with somebody with split tongue is right yeah which i've done before it It is is weird it's like two different tongues in your face it's magic (laughs) i love it Uh, i'm sure it's magic for other things too but um i didn't experience that it is also magic um (laughs) uh the characters in this movie i did really like actually i thought they were very interesting uh i like to follow them along including the saska sisters which i really liked their performance especially the second time uh they had an aesthetic about the whole all the different characters that really i think served the film really well uh although some of the acting was a little spotty at times so i was a little taken out of it a little bit but 
there are some strong performances in there. It's just minor stuff that, you know, I don't know how to explain it. But there there's definitely a lot of, you know, male versus female social, you know, uh, ethical sort of uh, dialogue going on in this movie that I think is probably more prevalent today than it was back then. So they were kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. Mm hmm. Um, I don't think it came across this preachy by any means, like as a male, you know what I mean? Some of those guys always like try to say shit like that, but I don't, I, I think it was pretty prevalent. Yeah. And there was, there was a little bit of, um, there was a little bit of a theme. <laughs> well, so much has changed in five years, dude. <laughs> yes. But when they were, when this was released at, I believe it was Scream Fest in 2012. Okay. They, I'm pretty sure the nickname for that year's Scream Fest was like Rape Fest. Oh, um, because yeah, because the scene, <laughs> uh, not for not because of them, yeah, but like almost every single horror movie that was released that year that aired at Screamfest had a fucking gratuitous rape scene in it. Okay, and that was one of their big concerns when it came time for them to premiere their movie. Um, was because as soon as that scene starts to set up, mm-hmm. you know, they hear the audience kind of groan. And sound frustrated. Right, because it's like a little fatigue. And immediately, they're like, fuck, we lost them. Like, we lost the fucking audience. But how they handled that scene... Yeah, no, yeah. ...is is incredible. Sure. And that's one thing that I definitely want to take... Like, give them credit for is... I am one of the biggest, like, non-supporters of gratuitous fucking rape scenes in movies. Right. I fucking hate it. I feel like there's not a place for it 99% of the time. And it's just super fucking like frustrating to me. And I feel like you can build a story without that. I actually do appreciate how they handled it. Yeah. And what better type of person to tell that story than two strong sisters, twin sisters who are women uh, to be able to tell that. So, I mean... I don't know. I I thought it was uh I thought it, I thought it was done tastefully and it's just enough to make you angry as fuck. Oh yeah. For what may happen to that person, so I was pleased with that. Uh it's definitely I think it's a definitely an enjoyable film, but it didn't push me too far into fandom, just a little bit more than I did uh last time. Uh I think that they definitely have good skills i get like notes of like audition by takashi Mike. which one of the twins specifically oh really see i didn't even know that because i didn't do the research for this one loves (laughs) him yeah i i I got that loud and clear i even got some tones of cronenberg like uh i believe that even in the dead ringers movie they wear red schmocks or red surgery outfits, which I think is a nod to Cronenberg. Uh, That's just my personal thing. I don't know. I didn't read anything about it. Um, but we make a lot of sense because they're going to be the directors for Cronenberg's Rabid mm-hmm. remake, um, which I'm super interested to see how it turns out. Same. Plus, I mean, they are twins, so Dead Ringers is all about twins, so it would make perfect sense. But yeah, with that said, I mean, I definitely enjoyed this movie a lot more than I did the first time. I have a better appreciation for it. And I don't know if that's because I'm much more aware of certain things now than I was five years ago. You know, being a guy, I'm probably, you know, five years ago is a long time for what has occurred in society. Like, not saying that I was a douchebag or anything, but I'm probably a lot more aware of things. You know what I mean? Everybody is. You know, I think, yeah, I think everybody is for the better or worse. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that for me, I almost had like the reverse 
oh reverse oh go on tell so like where you didn't like it so much when you first saw it i really liked it when i first saw it and then re-watching it a couple years which i've seen it a couple of times yeah uh, but re-watching it again this last time the other day i didn't have the same appreciation for it as i used to okay but i think it's just because that's probably something that's been so fucking beaten out of me at this point that i what what do you mean in particular uh, like that whole kind of like the situation in particular that she deals with, with you know, and, and it's great. Just say, I mean, it's fine. Like, I mean, well, I mean, it, it's it's kind probably of, good that people know that this is in there, just so that they. Yeah, well, you definitely should know because it very quickly turns into this whole like rape revenge story, right? Very, very quickly, and it's it almost kind of seems not necessary to the story here, but it, the same can be argued that it is necessary because of why she snaps and goes the direction that she does is because of that but at the same time it's kind of like they could have ran with what they were doing without doing that however that's just kind of my take on it and i think that now i'm just so much more aware of how i feel about situations like that and how that's impacted women in society and and everything and then how much it's just fucking overdone in horror movies period it really is but in the same respect it's like you know when you we've had this conversation and i want to compare because it's a dog or uh, cat or whatever it is like it whatever you can relate to is going to hit you a little bit harder for sure so i'm sure that this you know i think the the situation of rape is definitely going to hit um someone who has been uh raped probably women more than men but it does happen to men too for sure um but in the same respect it's like i think the people that have experienced it or have been in creepy situations it's definitely going to resonate with but even people who haven't it's just kind of hard to sit but i think they did it really well here the what sorry i don't mean to interrupt no 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 no. go i was just going to say that basically the the dog like a dog getting killed or something like that kind of a weird example i'm not saying it's a perfect parallel example um it is like if you ever seen John Wick. Yeah, I refused they, to watch that movie right. because I knew what happened. But but no, but, <laughs> but see, I've seen it since. But yeah, okay. See, see, here's the uh, really interesting thing: the dialogue that I had with Christina about this. She was like, "Nope, I'm fucking done. That was out. Me. I'm done." Yeah. And I was like, "Baby, no." I was like, "You don't understand. The dog dying is going to make you enjoy every motherfucker that's dying." It's pivotal. Yeah, from here on out. For sure. And she stuck through it, and she was like, you were right. right. And, and so I think, you know, there's something to be said. You you sometimes are going to see things that you do not want to see, but it will push your emotions into understanding it. Did they pull that off in this movie? How do you feel about that? Uh, Yes, yeah. I feel like for the most part, they, they do. Okay. Um, not as well as you had hoped. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to give them a full yes on that. It's kind of like a yes and no, because the story, again, like, really switches at the end like okay. they throw a fucking curveball at you in the end even though she in her situation she's supposed to be drugged but she's still fully aware of what's going on and what's happening to her she just can't do anything to fix i don't it. mean that specific i'm saying later on oh no that's oh yeah i'm not talking about that anymore i'm saying as she, later on in the third act she becomes so like void of emotion oh that's exactly how it happens like to, okay. some people everybody handles things differently so like for me i think that's what i liked so much about it was because that's how i was right for a long time right and a it was kind of a time. short period of time but it i don't know how what the time frame was for it so. yeah it was a couple probably give or take a couple months to a year ish okay I would guess timeline wise for that but um well maybe and maybe maybe, maybe they were trying to make a play on the fact that 
the only time that she actually felt alive and had emotion is when she was performing Working. on these. Yeah. So. Right. So I don't I don't know. I just I felt like with that, they did a really good job. One of the things that I loved so much and we've talked about how how they handled that scene in particular um, where she gets assaulted by her professor is that they gave all the power to her in that scene because they primarily focus just on her face. Right. And her eyes. And you can and that's and you can what, hear noises and stuff. Right. But. And, but that's what makes that scene so powerful and so frightening because you're tuned into her and how she's feeling and she sells it and right. she does a great Catherine Isabel does a fucking phenomenal job and it's not easy to do scenes like that right you know and she did a really really great job like portraying that and hopefully she's never had to go through a situation like that before but I right. feel like most fucking Hollywood starlets have at this point which is really sad but you know she does a good job they wrote it super well and they got a lot of notes which is so fucked up when they were um first like showing the scene when they first like shot it and trying to figure out exactly how they were going to play it out uh-huh. they got a lot of notes and they're like well when are her tits going to pop out like her tits need to pop out when are they going to fucking show her tits or Whoa. whatever oh and you're saying from the audience the people that from watched people who watched it they were giving st- notes oh. on the movie and they're just like fuck you like never like we're not going to show her fucking tits because the one of the things that they talk about specifically is that they feel that rape scenes in particular are put into movies to appease men Okay. To be interesting and appealing to men or the male viewers. I mean, I could definitely see that. I'm not one of those people, so it's hard for me to kind of exactly. understand. And, then, but... and that's like a lot of guys are going to take offense to hearing that. But right. And, 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 and I, time, I know some people that do. Yeah. But I've been accused they, just for liking horror. Yeah. That I am a uh, a closet rapist. rapist yeah. yeah. Like I, I had a guy tell me that and I was like, dude, what? It's a whole like I don't, he's like you get off on stuff like that and I was like dude I do not yeah I was like it is not real okay and I don't go get excited when I watch it I get like uncomfortable and it's awkward oh it's and, awful yeah like it's not it's not like something I get excited for but if it builds it's it definitely has to be prevalent the only one movie that I saw that really did not do it justice was and this was like a fifteen minute rape scene was the movie Irreversible. Yeah. And that one, I mean, there's there's things in that movie that I like. That is not one of them. Right. Um, I understand why they put it in there, but it really... None of the violence in the movie didn't even make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. It was almost like just violence for violence sake. It is probably one of the craziest head-crushing scenes I've ever seen, uh, and probably the longest rape scene ever made. It's long. Yeah, it's long. Uncomfortably long. Yeah. Yeah, they... They were very specific on the fact that they don't want their scene and how they handled it to be something that people fast forward to. Sure, yeah. You know, and they they talk about Cannibal Holocaust, actually, in, in a reference. Um, really? Oh, with the, the rock? They're talking, in general, they're just talking about gratuitous rape scenes that are just pointless that right, are just okay. thrown in just because and they don't right. serve any point or purpose to the movie and um they bring up cannibal holocaust and what's really cute is Catherine isabel in this interview is like what like what they're talking about the actual like people killing them killing actual animals and right. then these like rape scenes in this movie and Catherine isabel's never heard of this movie and she's like what the fuck like who does that like, <laughs> well, she she's... like freaks out and they're just like oh honey like you don't you don't want to know about this film like yeah. trust me like you don't want to watch it and and they were like it's very important to them to not have that kind of 
film. It's a piece of history. Uh, I don't really get it. Like, it's not a movie I get. Like, Cannibal they don't Holocaust. Like it. <laughs> huh? They don't like it at all. And then there's a lot of people who don't. No. It is appalling. It puts me into a perspective of, like... Like, I watched... Okay, here's an example. I watched this, this documentary called Haunters. Mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating because there are... It's about all about haunt places. Like, people who throw up, like, you know, haunted houses and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do. I I almost didn't watch it because I have been. I watched that other one that's on Shutter. Uh, it's called uh, I forget what it is, but it's in like New Zealand or Australia or something. And it, and it's a good, it's a really good documentary. But I just had my fill on haunted, you know, houses right. like like documentaries, and so I was like really skeptical about watching it. But you get into this like world of like extreme haunts. And even the Saska sisters are in this fight, uh, by the way. And they even talk about it. So it's interesting correlation. Like, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they talk about this one place called McKinney Manor. Mm -hmm. And man, dude, like people literally sign away like their lives almost. Like I was watching people coming out when I first started watching it. Christina had already watched like 20 minutes in and I started watching and I was like, (laughs) I was laughing because people were screaming. I was like, it's just a haunted house, right? No, that's that's one of them where you're completely immersed yeah. in a actual torture, like, chamber. torture chamber. Yeah, yeah, that's like one they of put like, your head underwater. They... Oh yeah, that one's that's one of the top. There's five of them in that they've done um, stories on that I've watched, and that's always within the top. Like I've two. seen the guy that runs that thing, but they were talking about it. They were talking about thirteenth, some not thirteenth floor, but it was like the thirteenth something, mm-hmm. or and then there was another one called Blackout, and then this one was McKinney Manor. That one's. Uh, yeah. Dude, and like, what, what, what? The reason I brought this up is because it's a it's a point on what people are willing to put themselves through, right? In order to, I don't know, like peer into this fucked up world. Yeah, I just, I, I don't. To me, and I've talked about this before, actually, which is funny. Um, when they first released this article about the top like five haunts that are actually submersive like immersive haunts right where you can get touched and where stuff. people pay like 200 fucking dollars a ticket to get their fucking heads pushed underwater and blood and, and not and this one fucking this, bullshit this one is for a bag of dog food that's what? how much it costs. Really? Yeah, one bag of dog oh, food that donation. they that they donate to this. Yeah, like, they, well, they all they all function differently, of course. Right. But some of them are more. Yeah, some, some of them, them are for profit. Crazy expensive, and I'm like, okay. You're paying like to, I don't I don't understand personally why anyone wants to pay money to get tortured. Well, the interesting thing that I like that I was I was fascinated by this because this there's a correlation here because I'm not saying I'm not talking about rape. I'm just talking about anything that's like disturbing to people mm-hmm. in general, like putting yourself into that gladiatorial sort of realm of watching it is like making you feel alive in some weird way. Yes, there are some people that could take it too far and etc. But this one, it's like this guy like the people who were putting being put through this haunted house and this is like two to four hours, hours. guys. Yeah. Two to four hours of these people not degrading you. They don't yell at you and cuss at you and all this other mm. stuff, but it is borderline fucking illegal. Not that one. <laughs> like they're the only reason they can get away with it is because the, the wife of this guy is a kick ass lawyer, apparently, and people want to do it. He the people were asking him, Would you go through it? He was like, Fuck no, I'm not stupid. Right. And then and but but there are people that want to test themselves 
to put themselves through these situations. So that correlation of seeing something so disturbing is like a microburst of that kind of situation. Totally get it. These people were really like mentally scarred from this shit. For sure. Like people were coming out and they were like, you are fucking sick. But some of those people that were freaking out, they don't even have a safe word, by the way, like these yeah. other places. This place, the, at the when they were all done, they were so high on it that they... A lot of the people that went through it want to be people who work at it. Oh, I would totally be someone who work at it all day, every day. Do you see what I'm saying? Which that probably says something about me. Well, I'm just saying like that's how the there's a there's a very primal part of our brain. Oh, for sure. Somewhere that likes to dip into that world a little bit. And I think, you know, I don't know. Say what you will about horror fans. It doesn't mean I personally don't think that that makes you. I mean, if you're jerking off to the scene. Yeah, maybe that's a little fucking a little too mar. A little too far. You're gross. Yeah. (laughs) You're fucking gross. I mean, I won't judge as long as you're not fucking hurting people and you're doing it in your own privacy. Like, whatever. I will judge you. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, I'm just (laughs) just trying to make a correlation here that, you know, sometimes it could be. But I don't think American Mary is that crazy. Not at all. Like, I don't think it's like, uh, this is an extreme, but it's just a topic that came up because of the rape situation. Well, in the time that this was released with all these other films that were coming out that have all have all of them had rape scenes in them right and violent right gratuitous and that's why they were complimented so heavily at the end they're like and it sounds so crazy to be like your rape scene was the best rape scene like (laughs) well thanks you know like appreciate it but high five you know they handled theirs with fucking class and dignity as best as you can with any scene like that so and then it's really cool because it's to me anyway you can really see where she just breaks Right. You know, and that's fucking prime acting to me. Like, she she kills that fucking scene, and she does such a good job, and it's just awesome. But well, bef- before we get into too many spoilers, let's talk about some of the, the trivia, because it sounds like there's some pretty interesting shit about this. Yeah. One of the things that I found actually really interesting was that the um, Saska sisters' parents remortgaged their house. Really? In order for them to raise the money to finance the movie. Wow. Um, both their parents actually have cameos in the film too i didn't catch who they played huh but they remortgaged their fucking house in order to put up the money to help them finance this movie which i thought was super cool that's amazing parents by the that way. is amazing parents um they it only took them 15 days to shoot it which is also astonishing to me because there's a lot of complex work in this film and there's a lot of i mean i guess there's not a lot of scenery changes but there there is at the same time i don't know I feel they do like, a good job i feel like 15 days is really short and all of their special effects were all done practically and this i thought was super cool being a person who does makeup effects both tristan risk and paula lindberg who's who plays ruby real girl okay their facial prosthetic makeup only took them two hours to apply which i was like it's pretty, pretty good, yeah. But it's probably a really big piece of like right over the face, prosthetic. and they just p- faded it in. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, there's there's some wrinkling and some parts in there that it's not really the most pristine. I work. didn't notice anything oh, on my end. Yeah, I do, but for the most part, I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you know, they they look really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and they look like the characters pretty much that they're supposed to be portraying. You know, and a lot of the practical effects are a lot of the effects are fantastic right you know they really do a good job it's pretty impressive there's a lot of stuff that they do 
they actually wrote the character of Mary Mason with Catherine Isabel in mind because they're both huge fans of her. Okay. And Ginger Snaps in particular. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is it Ginger Snaps? Because that's the movie everybody fell in love with her. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody fucking loves her. And especially, she doesn't do a lot well, of She's a strong stuff. actress. That was she like, is. Yeah, I mean. She's a very strong actress. She does a lot of independent films in like low budget like she, yeah work. and she did freddy versus jason so yeah but she does she picks a lot of roles in particular that kind of showcase her skills essentially and she doesn't act to be this crazy starlet you know? i haven't seen I like all of so her stuff her. but she doesn't just exclusively do horror she so. doesn't yeah. and as i don't nobody has like if you've seen all of her stuff then you're like the biggest mega fan in the world right yeah i saw great. some other movies she did after this it was called 88 or something i didn't i didn't yeah she's in a lot of stuff yeah so another thing that I really loved and appreciated about this movie, too, was that um, most, if not all, of the actors that they used to portray the people that were getting the modifications right. in the movie were actual members of the body modification community. Oh, no, I totally... When they were taking the pictures of them, yeah. that's and totally... Uh... They all are actually people that are involved in it right, um, okay. heavily. And, you know, whether it's apparent to you or not like those people that's them like that's who they are that's what they've done to their body that's what they choose and i i loved that i thought that was really cool because to me this is a very positive body mod movie which i really really loved because they there's another movie where they do a lot of they delve a little bit into the body modification world which isn't as well received <laughs> as, oh really as people like you know they i don't know they it kind of takes a weird turn i personally really like this movie like strange land but a lot of people fucking don't and so they oh. they go into the they take a weird turn to the body mod community with that movie too and it's funny one of our listeners actually suggested that we do we that should one. because i really like that movie. yeah actually. but we'll have to wait because this is uh women well, in yeah, next month, month so yeah which is fine. Yeah. Captain Howdy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I loved that movie, but that was not so much of a positive light that was put that was shed on the body mod community, whereas this one it is. Right. So it's really cool what they do. One last thing that I thought was really cool. There is one song that particularly you'll notice plays throughout the throughout the film. It plays in the beginning and towards the middle and towards the end. And it's Ave Maria. Oh, yeah. Um, which, when she's sewing and stuff. Which, like yeah, which actually sutures. translates to Hail Mary. But the song is played three times, particularly throughout the entire film, with increasing levels of skill. So if you notice, when it first plays, it's at an amateur level, playing in the beginning. Oh, interesting. When she's a student, and then at an intermediate level, and then at a professional recording ah, at the end. Yeah. So And so the increasing complexity of the song obviously mirrors... Mary's development as a surgeon. Yeah. So it starts as like a, you know, it's really cool. It's like this crescendos well, into this like fantastic, like beautifully recorded orchestra sure. of the song. And this is when she's reached like the prime of her skill level. Right. So it's really interesting. I, I, I caught on to that, but a lot of people don't. I'm I didn't like, catch oh, on God, to that either. I'll tell you guys because it's cool. <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, I also had to listen with our white noise machine going next to the bed because Christina was oh, sleeping. Oh, she was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so I had it on the TV and I kind of had to keep it at a level that was like, you know, not blaring Minimum. in her fucking ears. <laughs> right. So... Yeah. I have a few scenes that I'm interested uh, in. Yeah. There were some that really kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Like, 
I think there was like subtle nuances, like nuanced things that were going on when she first goes to the party. It's not necessarily a favorite scene, quote quote unquote, but there was like some really like Ew. all this weird shit going on. Yeah, like like yeah. like they had that girl laying on the on, on the, the table or on the bar. Table. Yeah, and the then kitchen like counter. yeah, and then the, and then as she's walking by, I'm like, oh my god, those guys are jerking. They're all off. jerking off. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like I I was like trying to figure out what they were doing, but I was also trying to listen to what she was doing but then i was like oh yeah they're definitely jerking off right now and then it gets even more creeper after yeah. <laughs> clearly <laughs> but but again it develops it so that you really enjoyed that guy getting hurt. oh fuck yeah i wish they would have showed everybody more hates that. that fucking guy from the beginning anyways like from the get you don't fucking like him and to me i'm just like what fucking pro- what fucking professor talks to their student like that in what fucking world does a professor talk to their student like that? Ever? I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure your ass would get fired. Well, unless he has tenure, and then he's not going to get fired. But <laughs> like, right. what the fuck? Like, if- I don't know. I didn't like his character at all. And yeah, no. I, I I don't know. I mean, I it's not like that him. I didn't like his character. Maybe he just did it so well that I, you know what I mean? I didn't like, yeah. Well, I mean, it, like you said, it just could be the acting that doesn't make, that makes you not like the character. Right. But yeah, I just, I wasn't sold on him at all. He's my least favorite, but, and not just because of that, but it just his him in general like i just yeah. wasn't sold on his character at all i don't like him and i don't like billy <laughs> oh which one's billy Cupo, antonio Cupo, i believe is his name i don't remember the what, club which... owner oh yeah there was some spotty yeah, spotty acting with the two of them a little bit it didn't i didn't that was jive well it didn't jive as well as it should have yeah. like there was this back and forth between them, and you could tell that he really liked her, but in the same respect, he was like this misogynist guy. Yeah, I don't believe his interest in her. It didn't make sense. I know that he was obsessed with her, and she didn't really give him the time of day, but she does like kill that chick, which I'm like- No, she didn't kill her. Well, she, yeah, well she's about she to, She goes to attack- Yeah, and that's- Sorry. That confused the shit out of me, too. Like, I'm, That's one part that I don't remember well, when I first smart. watched it. And that, that was a seat, like, I don't remember that when I first watched the movie. I don't remember it the second time I watched the movie. And then this last time, I was like, that's so stupid. Like, but at the same time, it's kind of cool because she's starting to actually, like, real have real human emotions and right. feelings. It just didn't make sense to me. I didn't connect the dots. Like, maybe she just appreciated him professionally, and somehow she became interested in him because it was the last bastion of, like, like her emotion yeah i don't know i think it's like she finally felt it was like the straw that broke the camel's back yeah sort of thing. it's almost like she finally felt like because she was going to him with the intention of being with him in a romantic sense i don't know if i got that though that's that's, what, that's, that's where how I, was... I perceive it because sure no no, on... no no i get that that that's what they were trying to push for sure but i don't think it was delivered well that's all i'm saying well, oh yeah i totally yeah get yeah that. like to, well i caught it completely and i was like okay because you know she puts on that cute dress she's like caring about how she looks she and she's going specifically to go try and find him she seems so disinterested in him though exactly and that's why i didn't get the turn yeah. so i see what you're saying because i didn't understand the turn in her in that because it didn't really she seemed closer to the bouncer than him right it didn't really seem but that was more of a friendly fatherly sort of thing exactly so i don't know i i didn't get why all of a sudden she had this interest in him or was going to show this interest in him like that turn didn't make sense to me in particular either so i understand that but i think that it they're trying to make it that's what that's why i say the third act yeah they're trying something real about something there i feel like Like, it was more poetic than it really was yeah that's what i felt like i was missing it could it have been done better with a little more time maybe yes maybe maybe that's what it was like i i did out of that whole fucking scene though where she attacks the girl 
And like she's mm. like wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong dick in your mouth. And I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Great. But it just didn't make sense because she's become this strong and powerful thing. Why she care? Yeah, yeah. Why would she care? And like that's why I guess it's this last bastion of her of hope for her humanity, I guess. Well, if the twisted twins are listening, which would be super awesome. Please yeah. explain that to us. I'm just curious. So it's cool. not it, it didn't ruin the movie for me. It didn't bode well. It, it didn't just jive. Didn't, it didn't it work. Didn't, I don't know, yeah. It was kind of jumbly. I can't lie. No, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to lie either. So it's like I, I'm with you on that. But I will also say that's one of my favorite scenes, though. But not because of what hap- like what she does to the girl or why or whatever. But the lighting on her. Uh, okay. Holy shit! When she's getting all the shit out of her purse and just like throwing it down on the bathroom yeah. counter, and that's you're looking from the girl's perspective through in the, the stall, through the crack, staring yeah. at her, and then she just kind of like puts her gloves on, and she just subtly like turns, and she's like looking through the stall, and how the lighting is hitting her. Right. It's like this weird like neon red and purple and blue hues, and it keeps cutting in and out, and it looks so visually fucking stunning. Like, it's visceral. It's so fucking cool. Like, I that kind of stuff I fucking live for. Yeah. And they shot that perfectly and they build up tension really really well in that scene so like you because they put you in the perspective of the girl in the stall seeing this shit happen yeah she was like really i I like how she afterwards she was kind of like yeah my mistake yeah sorry you understand she she goes out and she just pats her on the shoulder and this poor girl's like trying not to fucking puke yeah (laughs) like i almost fucking got a scalpel in my neck like and she's just like you you get it just before that (laughs) um there was a conversation that she had with lance the bouncer guy i love that i love that part too i don't know why but it's like it's like he's just so comfy and casual and you know that these people are not good people but it's like i don't know there's something about it he buys her that food and he's like i got you an array of things some options yeah some <laughs> options but something about how he says that little story about feeling bad about whether or not she should be doing what she does she was like it affects me you know like yeah, it affects me yeah <laughs> like i'm not completely soulless i have a heart you know yeah like she's like almost like she's questioning herself mm-hmm and but then it's like it's so comfy and casual so kind of i don't know it's like it's a little confusing but i really like that scene i don't I know what it scene. is like to me that's that is one of my favorite scenes is that a milkshake yeah it was <laughs> I, I lost my shit it was so cute she's like is that a milkshake and he's like yeah i got chocolate, chocolate and, vanilla. and vanilla and he goes you don't strike me as a vanilla and pushes the chocolate towards her <laughs> And she takes it and she starts drinking it. And then this was just, I, this, I don't even know if she just like ad-libbed this, which I kind of feel like she did. And I, and I hope she did. Cause that would be even cuter to me. Right. Um, but she's just like, it's good. And then she does this cute little smile and she goes, yeah, it's, it's almost and like, and then like keeps drinking it. And I was like, oh my God, she's the cutest fucking thing. I already love, her. I got so excited. I'm hitting my microphone. <laughs> I already love her. I have the biggest fucking girl crush on her ever. But like in that moment, I fell even more in love with her as an actress because I'm like, you're so cute. You sell that milkshake, girl. It's like this like sell hangnail it. of innocence left. Exactly. And that was so cool. Like, yeah. I don't I just I don't know. I really loved that part because whether that was written in the script or, or she ad libbed that shit, that was fucking pivotal. Like she needed to throw that in there. And that sounds so stupid. And a lot of people are going to think that sounds so dumb. No, it is weird that I, I, I kept thinking to myself, like, why do I like but this it's, so much? It's like, like you, you she still has something 
there. Yeah, I just felt like that was really a really good scene. It was cool. I liked. You never really hear from him. He's just the the uh, he's the great. beast. Yeah, but yeah. he was really good. He's I the really muscle. and the, and the two of them and the conversation and the story he tells about his mother and how he wished she was around at the time so he could like yeah really torture that some what people. I wouldn't give to have known you. He's back like, then. what you're doing is good, Mary. Yeah. You know, don't, don't you let, ever forget that. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let these people fucking get you down or whatever. Yeah. It's so cute and it just shows that she still has that little shred of humanity left in her and she's not completely lost i guess but then she does lose it sort of she does but meh. so whatever she, i mean she's so fucking cute <laughs> um i guess the only other scene do you have any other scenes that you that you want to bring up or talk about oh yeah the end oh uh i don't know if we should spoil the end for people listening just i don't want case. to because it takes such a big fucking turn right but again i will say though again just based on artistically and styling i just i just I love it. I just, I love her being in that fucking white dress. I feel like there was poetry happening there, but I just didn't. Oh, there was. I, I don't know if I grabbed on to what it was. There was. It was beautiful. Is it, it is it like that? And, and like, I don't want to get into it too much and describe it too much, but is it kind of like that Walter White moment where, you know, the Breaking Bad, you know, how that kind of ends? Like, I haven't seen Breaking Bad. Sort of dying or, you know what I mean? Like laying around your instruments sort of. I feel they definitely went for a poetic feel with that. I mean, it To me, it feels like it. Whether they actually did it that way or not, I don't know. But to me, it feels that way, you know, because she goes out doing what she loves. Right. And she doesn't lose herself in the end, even though she knows that's it for her. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, she still tries to... to to like save herself or whatever and I, it was really cool and then again the style the styling for it was fucking perfect right on point in Visually a way and artistically it was just and i'm not a filmmaker stunning. but i have seen a lot of films and my particular opinion is my particular opinion but mm -hmm. i feel like you know i think this is a good movie for them but i don't think it's their one no mm -mm. i think it's a it's a stepping stone and i think they're going to get better and better even more as they go. This is they this definitely is for them. yeah. This is this is kind of for them just being like, look, this is what we can do with some money. Like when we finally have some money yeah, to like to back job. up what we want to do. If you've seen Dead Hooker in a Trunk, which is fucking excellent, that is a cult classic at this point, and it's going to continue to be one. And it's just watch it if you haven't. I haven't seen it. It's a cool flick. It's interesting, and it's so vastly different in comparison between the two movies. They put a lot of love and a lot of effort and a lot of work into this movie, and I will not ever fault them for that. Yes, it had its flaws, but do I agree with some of these people saying that it's pure shit? Absolutely not. No. I like Absolutely you, not. You mean people are saying it's garbage? Fuck yeah. Uh oh. There's a lot of there's a I, lot of mixed reviews on this movie and there's a lot of people that receive it very positively. There's people that are kind of in the middle and there's a lot of people that think it's fucking terrible. I didn't think it was terrible the first no. time I saw it. I But anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's like we said, it's not a perfect movie, but it's done relatively fucking well. Right. They did a phenomenal job. I'm picking up what they're trying to put down with this movie. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really hope they fucking come to Mad Monster this year in Phoenix because I know they're going to the Mad Monster in, I believe, South Carolina. And I really hope they come to the one in Phoenix. Yeah. Ladies, if you're listening, please come to Mad Monster in Phoenix. I'm going to be there and I'll be performing there and I would really fucking love to meet you. Yeah, I would too. And so would Alex. So yeah, duh, you're going to be there too. Um, <laughs> please come to Mad Monster Phoenix. You will not regret it. Yes, it's fucking disgustingly hot. 
But we have a really cool convention out here, too, and really fucking cool people that come and really amazing people that want to meet you just as badly as I do, and I want to meet you more than them, uh, it's despite too- what anybody else says. So, <laughs> I like I said, I was going to fangirl out at some point. You are totally This is me fan, fangirling yeah. right now because I, fuck, I love them to fucking little bitty broken black hearted pieces so well yeah adorable. no I, I like i said i i enjoy them uh more probably than they're i have so i haven't seen all their movies so i can't say that they're but. just so this entertaining little 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 ladies well they're just big fans you can tell you could just tell yes they know their shit and i fucking love that like i i don't know they're well, fucking awesome Come to my Monster Phoenix, please. It's <laughs> the last time I'm going to say it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have another movie that I did the uh, work on, and this one is uh, it's called May. And Yay! it came out in Sorry. 2002. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of a took a little while to get big. Um, it took only had a, a few releasings in certain places, but it came out in 2002. I consider this to be one of the movies that is kind of like the end of the grunge and alternative era. So yeah. it was dying down, I guess you could say. Uh, but it's still one of those alternative films, I guess it's, you could call it. It's like the Nirvana film. Right. In a horror sense, <laughs> a though. A yeah. Nirvana horror film. I yeah. The story of this movie, a lonely young woman traumatized by a difficult childhood and her increasingly desperate attempts to connect with people around her, is sent into a murderous tailspin. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Jesus. Is that like a horn? I don't know, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I'm not your brain. <laughs> di- director and writer Lucky McKee directed this movie, and he's also done movies like The Woman, uh, All Cheerleaders Die. He did a short in Tales of Halloween, and some other ones, some other shorts and stuff like that. Um, he, he seems to be very woman-centric with a lot of the stuff that he does, even though the woman is kind of offensive to some people, um, but she does get her due, you know, her just desserts at the end. She's... It's it's pretty, like, the guy in the movie is really, like, ugh. Adam? Adam's character? No, I'm talking about in The Woman. Oh, in The Woman. I'm sorry. I'm Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I don't know. I was like, what the fuck are you talking? I was like, <laughs> I was thinking, what are you talking about? No, like- there's a movie called The Woman. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. and it was supposed to be, there was supposed to be sequels because apparently it's based off a book, but he did that movie. It's kind of controversial. I own All Cheerleaders Must Die, or All, All Cheerleaders, Cheerleaders Die, Die, which he did two versions. He did his first feature film was All Cheerleaders Die, and then he also did uh, All Cheerleaders Die, an updated version just a few years ago, which I think I got in like a horror pack or something um some of the cast in this movie starring angela bettis who plays may she was in girl interrupted bless the child remake of the toolbox murderers and she was also in the woman also another uh, actor in the movie was jeremy sisto mm. he plays adam stubbs <laughs> who uh he was in the, the first movie i mem i knew who he was was in wrong turn Right. Uh, he was also in the movie called The Other Side of the Door. He was in a TV show called Six Feet Under, which was uh, pretty popular. Just a little show called Six yeah. Feet Under. He was in Clueless and Suicide Kings as well. And you said and Law and Order. And also just a little show called Law and Order. Yeah. So, but I don't think he was in it for a long period. Yeah, he was. Really? He was in it for a couple seasons. Huh. Pretty sure. I looked it up, but I didn't see it. Maybe Could I just wrong. missed it. Anna Faris uh, yeah! was also in this movie. She <laughs> plays Polly. She was in all the scary movies for the most part, uh, except for the tail end, too. Uh, she was also in Waiting, Observe and Report, Take Me Home Tonight, 
movie 43 and the remake of the 1987 movie that's coming out called Overboard. I love Anna Ferris so much. Which I thought was really interesting. So Have you ever seen the movie Overboard? No. Kurt Russell and his wife were in it. Uh, fuck, what's her name? But it's basically about this this rich girl who this guy who works on the boat she falls overboard and has amnesia and he tells her they're married and all this other stuff. Well, they flip the roles. Now Anna Ferris is the Kurt Russell character and the woman is this other random guy. Cute. So he's like a really rich guy and she makes him do all these jobs. She's like, yeah, you have three jobs. Like there's a trailer out. I don't know. I just found it interesting Interesting. that they're doing a remake of Overboard. Yeah. She's also in a really awesome movie called The House Bunny. Which I, oh, I yeah. need to fucking reference. I tried to grab mostly the. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean. I try and grab stuff that like makes sense to. I didn't watch the House Bunny first of all. <laughs> oh, I look. I like that movie. I like stupid comedies, and it's an Adam Sandler comedy too, like a Happy Gilmore production. Oh okay. Or Happy Madison production. Sorry. James Duvall's also in this movie. He was uh, called Blank. He was the Mohawk kid. <laughs> Uh, really bad mohawk. Um, Why don't we get some jujubes with me? Yeah. <laughs> he was in Donnie Darko, which I always remember him. He's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> Being in the road. Oh like, <laughs> I forgot about that. that. I don't know why, but every time I think of him, I think of that Holy moment. Holy shit, I forgot about what that. What were you thinking? <laughs> oh, my God. He was also in Independence Day, Doom Generation. Uh, the so same director stuff. that did Doom Generation. He did was in Nowhere. Uh, he was also also in SLC Punk and the movie Go, which are all pretty similar to one another. Uh, the last four, anyway. Nicole Hiltz was also in this movie. She plays Ambrosia. She was in Dude, Where's My Car, Austin Powers Gold Member, and Trailer Park of Terror, which was a movie that I need to rewatch. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I don't remember it being horrible, but I don't remember it being good either, so... Also, um, this movie had a budget of $500,000. It premiered at Sundance Film Festival and eight theaters in the U.S. only. And it made about $150,000 at the box office for those eight theaters, which I don't think is that bad. No, Uh, I'm sure it made a lot more money in distribution and all this other shit too so um but yeah so what are your thoughts on this movie and why did you pick it Brittany? this is one of my favorite movies ever made really plain and simple i've always loved this movie i've been a fan of this movie for a very 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 long time i think what came out in 2002 uh yeah 2002 so i think i saw it for the first time probably in it probably didn't release to the public till 2003 though yeah i don't think i saw it until like 2004 2005 so okay. I was like a little, little one when I first saw it, but I just thought it was fucking incredible. And like almost every other fucking girl, I had a big old crush on Adam. Yeah. So, cause he's fucking fine. He's all right. He's fine. <laughs> um, with his fucking curly hair and he's just adorable. And, and his hands. His, I don't give a fuck about his hands. <laughs> But <laughs> if they were tattooed to be a different story and then I'd be like, all right, I got a fetish for that shit too. But <laughs> I just, I love so much about this movie because it is so fucking brilliantly done. It's a cool fucking story. It's super unique. It's very different and dark, but it's still fun and lighthearted at the same time. And like you fall in love with each character for different reasons. So like while you have kind of minimal screen time with a lot of the characters, you still are able to develop a a relationship with them you're still able to build a relationship Mm -hmm. with these people you know and you really like her 
Mm-hmm. You want her to win. Like you believe in her and you want her to find love or want her to find happiness or want her to make the friend that she wants to make. Like by the time she starts to lose her shit, you're like, fuck yeah, girl, lose your shit, make your friend, whatever. Especially for when this film came out, it's, it's just done perfect. It's going to stand the fucking test of time. Like I don't care what anybody says. Like I watched it now and it's just as good as when I watched it when I was 14. I don't have the same feelings about it as much well, yeah, as you. This was like a, I still like it though a whole lot. It's like a childhood favorite for me though. So, Understandable. And I got to show it to Mouse for the first time. He'd never seen it. As I always say, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. It is. And this is a nostalgia movie for me. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why I was like, can we please do May? Because yeah, holy balls. Which I'll be honest, the and two that people, you picked, I was like, meh. Just... A lot of people don't know about this movie, which oh, still blows it, yeah. my fucking mind. That people, when I bring up May or mention it, they're like, what? What movie is that? I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you like more people know about american mary than may which is understandable it still pisses me the fuck off because i'm like this is amazing yeah <laughs> like, watch this fucking movie it's so cool you're gonna like it it's fucking gross so Weird. you were like 14 15 when you saw that yeah huh well it makes sense that's kind of a, a awkward little... phase a little bit you know when you're growing up you know i'm always awkward no i'm just saying like at 14 or 15 you really don't know your bearings into the world yet so yeah, i mean i can sure i could sh- i'm pretty sure a lot of girls or people in general could relate to that may character because of it oh for sure because she was like picked on i mean essentially the story is about a uh, girl with an eye patch because she has a lazy, a lazy eye. eye. And so she goes through life by a sheltered mom who doesn't, you know, she doesn't want her to like experience the world or get hurt. And so because of that, she becomes kind of like she has no friends. It's weird. She doesn't give her any confidence to go out there and do stuff as much as she probably should, should have. have. Yeah. Right. No, so she becomes socially inept and kind of a sociopath because she doesn't really have that exchange of back and forth uh, other than sadness and sorrow. Her best friend is a doll. Yeah. Guys. Her mom gives her a doll. The first doll her mom ever made is what she gives her for her birthday one year when she has no one to come to her birthday party. This is what her mom gives her. When you can't make a friend or when you can't make a friend or, or no. when you don't have friends, make one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I made this. This is my first this doll my, ever. This was my best And she goes friend. to open it to hold her to like show the love to it because she's so happy. Yeah. And her mom's like, no, 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 no. You no. can't open this. This is special. She's special. You can't take her out. Yeah, you're not special enough to touch her, yeah. essentially. <laughs> so she gives her this, like, stupid fucking creepy doll in a red leather dress behind a glass. It like, is behind creepy. glass in a fucking... It is a creepy fucking doll. It's like a creepy porcelain doll in a in It's like a, a Japanese case. doll a little bit. Like, the doll's cool. Like, I want one. But I'm like, that doll is in a red leather, purplish red leather dress. Right. In a glass case. I'm like, that looks cool. I want one. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I personally, I feel like it, it makes you feel really extremely uncomfortable for about 80% of the movie. And by the end, you somehow feel excited about her coming to her own. You know, without spoiling too much, I'll just say it definitely picks up by the end. You know what I mean? So just hang in there a little bit. A lot of there's some people that just really do not like that kind of uncomfortable feeling of watching this girl fumble folly through her social inter- interactions with people. It's weird. Yeah, uh, and I get that. It's not for everybody. No, it I, is. It's painfully fucking awkward. It is really painfully awkward. Like yeah. I mean, and it's and that means she did a really good job. She's great. I think Angela Bettis did an amazing job, really, and just just switching between that uncomfortable and sort of unnerving weirdness about her. Uh, the whole dance with her and the Jeremy Sistos guy, who's the character Adam, is pretty great. 
Yeah. I, I did like that. I could kind of relate to even his character a little bit because I was the type of person that would see beauty in somebody that was weird too, you know? Yeah. Because I felt like an outcast in some way. I think Every, we all have at some has. point. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, so have you. So it's like you, <laughs> she, there's something have. kind of in, adoring and uh, endearing about uh, her character that makes you kind of want to. She's adorable. Just reach out and hug her. But in the same respect, you're also like. You're a bitch, you crazy. Don't stab me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> But you're crazy, <laughs> but you're also really cute. It's definitely leaning towards an indie film uh, more than anything, but it's told really, really well. So the acting and the story is really good. And some of the characters, Anna Ferris, you know, she's this so was great. early on in her career where she was still playing the ditzy type in a way. But she's kind of in control a little bit, but she's is ditzy. She's fantastic. Uh, I, I did her like her Polly. in it, though. She's probably it's she's... probably one of the last few movies from that, like I said, alternative scene. And her in it is kind of weird because I forgot she was in it. Oh, I did. So it's but... like one of those things, you know. But uh, this movie in particular reminded me of Ginger Snaps, Jennifer's Body, kind of those coming of age, coming out of your shell people movies. Because like I thought Anna Ferris was going to be the other thing because it's been a while since i've seen this i probably saw it a couple of years after it came out and i think i saw it when it first came out so it's been a while it's been 10 years at least <laughs> and so. affairs is just the creepy lesbian right and i love it well she i you know it's weird because She's like so i hated anna ferris for a while how can you hate anna ferris because how can like, anyone yeah hate but her? you don't understand she always played that ditzy type yeah but everybody... and i could not handle that like it bothered me like, I get it that she was playing a character, but it was done so well. And I never saw her in anything other than a ditzy character. I didn't even think she was acting anymore. I was like, I she thought is she was scary just... movie. Right. Like, exactly. that's her. Like, everybody, when you think Anna Ferris, you think scary movie. Like, or you think Cindy from Scary Movie. Like, everybody right. thinks Cindy. Like, everybody fucking thinks about ah. her. She's fucking great. Like, she even does it in, uh, what is the movie? Um, well, she's... Observe and Report. Oh, yeah. She's I love... kind of ditzy. One of, uh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, ever. it's really Side good. Side note. But, except it ruined the fucking Pixies for me. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, now yeah. that I see her acting and seen her do some actual roles, like, it took, it's taken me a little while to get out of it. Observe and report, even though she does play the ditzy type in there, it was so funny to me. She's great. That it's, it was just great. And that's when I first, like, actually started to be okay with her. Because I was like, oh my God, this ditzy fucking girl like oh it's driving it drew it was like chalk like fingernails <laughs> on a chalkboard dude Aww. i know like i just I, but then i realized she's just acting and then i was like oh okay thank god there's not a person like this in real life but i'm sure there's, there's plenty a million yeah. people like that in real life are you kidding oh god there is some pretty interesting trivia there wasn't a whole lot um this movie is scored as Number 17 on Bloody Disgusting's Top Scary Movies of That Decade. Because it is pretty unnerving. There's some pretty fucked up parts in it. I thought that was kind of interesting that they put it at that high. Depends on your definition of what's scary to you. This is not a scary movie to me at all. Yes, it's unnerving and unsettling in some parts, but it isn't well, scary. But everybody interprets it differently. When she comes to herself, it's like a complete different... Uh, it's yeah. like flip. 
It's fucking great. And her character, I always think, like, me and Christina have done this every time we... I think we watched May sooner than, like, three, four years ago, maybe. But we always thought that she was the same chick that was in the VHS movie with the split face. Oh, my God, Because they look kind of similar. (laughs) They got these, like, weird... Mm -hmm. And she has the crossed eye and stuff, and that girl in real life kind of has, like, a weird thing going on with her eye. Well, yeah, the the actress that plays May actually has a lazy eye. Really? I didn't know that. No, she actually has a lazy eye except hers goes the other direction than yeah, May's character. The way she was doing it in the movie I was like oh god they like did, that gave me a brain. You know how they did that? Huh. That's like a it's contact? a contact yeah. on top of a contact. So they basically it's it's like a contact that completely blocks off her eye. So she was looking straight and when she wanted it's to normal. look normal she had to look to the left. Yeah so it's, it's a contact that completely whites out her eye. Right. And then it's another contact that gives the illusion of the actual lazy eye pointing the direction. I kind of had a feeling about that, but I didn't look it up. It's fucking crazy, and it's super fucking uncomfortable. Oh, I can imagine. Crazy amounts of uncomfortable. Well, sclerals in general are fucking... Yeah, sclerals are a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, Speaking of somebody who has has worn and wears contacts for costume purposes, like, I will not fucking fuck around with scleras anymore, because they fuck that. Seems pretty uncomfortable. I mean, I wear contacts, and... I've slept with them in and I've had pains like, you know, with like something gets under my lens yeah, and it's like really painful, but I, I can't even take my own contacts out. Uh, really? I make mouse do it. Really? Yeah. I stopped wearing costume contacts for a long time, which in what I do, it's super pivotal to have costume contacts a lot of the time to enhance the look that you're doing. And I scratched the fucking shit out of my eyes so bad once because I refused to cut my nails and I can't like get them out without just thinking about grabbing at uh, them why would you let someone touch your eyes no mouse does it all the time he he'll wash his hands and then all i do is i open my eyes and i look straight at him and i have big gigantic saucer eyeballs like they're ridiculous and he just takes his finger and swipes it and takes it right out Hmm. so now i will wear contacts again because he takes them out for me I put them in myself, but he uh, takes dude, them Dude, that reminds me of, uh, I just watched Open House recently, and there's this scene <laughs> in that where the, the guy's like, somebody's removing somebody's contacts for them, and it just freaked me out. I didn't I, like it at I all. I don't like anything with eyeballs. Neither do I. Like, that's why I say, don't touch my eyes, don't come near yeah, them. Yeah, which is Don't weird touch to my me. feet, don't touch my fucking... It's the amount of trust that I have in my husband where I allow him to do that, only because I almost fucking, like, completely ruined my eyeballs. Right. And I'm like, but I love costume contacts so much. And Mouse is like, I can probably take him out. And then two <laughs> seconds later, boop, boop, done. I'm Real like, quick. you're doing it all the time. And he's like, what did I just do? Dude, they really, uh, I don't even get into that. Let's just move on to the next subject. <laughs> um, he doesn't even touch my eye, though. Just the contact. It freaks me out, dude. I get that. Every, well, it freaks a lot of people out. People I, every time weird. I open a can of tuna with a, or like a lid that has like the pull up top where you don't have to do the can. Like if I pull it, I always picture my eye getting sliced. Oh, my God. And okay. it freaks me the fuck out. I, I, I have to open it away from me because I think about that. Um, there is a, there is also a scene in the uh, movie. There's two scenes where there's a guy kissing in the elevator with another girl. It's two different girls each time. And May gets in the elevator and it's really uncomfortable because she's staring at them. They're staring at her and they just feel her presence. Well, that's the director, Lucky McKee. So I thought it was interesting because that I was watching it. I was like, that girl's like really kind of kissing him. That was the most uncomfortable shit to me in the, the entire movie was that yeah. shit. Oh, here like, is- oh, God. Gross. I thought it was the same girl. I didn't even realize it's two different girls. Like the whole time, I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I thought it was the same chick. No, it's two different girls, I think. 
Um, also, there's a scene. Um, this might be a little spoilery, so I just want to give you a little heads up on this. There's a girl in a cheerleader outfit that asks if May has any cold ones in the case when she cuts people up and puts them in it on Halloween. And that is an ode to the director's first movie, All Cheerleaders Die, which was remade by him, too, like I mentioned. But that's actually one of the outfits from it. So fucking cool. So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I little, love that. Little Easter eggs, you yeah, know. I loved that. It's a, it was, that was a cool thing to see, honestly, and to, yeah. and to catch up on if you caught it or not. But No, yeah. It's interesting. I think like, it's so weird because like when she gets to the point where she's like, oh, I figured it out now. Like I know how to talk with and communicate with people. I just had it here the whole time. <laughs> um, but we won't get into the scenes yet. But um, did you know that I mentioned that Adam's last name is Stubbs, Stubbs yeah. and his hands get cut off? Super funny. Yeah. So that's little. That was a little. Uh, what's it called? Um, little 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 joke. It's a little little filmmaker joke. It's cute. I think it's funny because they don't. Re- I don't even really think they even say his last name in the movie. I don't, I didn't hear it. It wasn't like a no. part that was. No, like, they, they my sh- name is Adam Stubbs. No. kind of like Stumps. They only no. sh- they only show it when she watches that movie that he made. Right. That's it. That's true. Yeah, but they don't make a point about Not it, at all. so it doesn't really draw your attention to it. Uh, you a had foreshadowing. You Sorry. also <laughs> brought up something that I totally forgot about, and one of the people in the industrial scene, one of the musicians, yeah. one of is... my favorite bands, God Module. Yeah. Um, samples. We kind of know it a little bit. Yeah. Jason, shout yeah. out. Love your face. Yeah. If you listen, Jason, shout out, brother. Yep. I, I think um, the first time I met him, I was like wildly drunk and over hugging him and uh, stuff. The first time I met him, I was like 16, so I wasn't wildly drunk. <laughs> yeah, but Victim Among Friends is the song in particular where I know for sure they sample this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there's another one, too, but I can't I think it's just called Among Friends. No, it's Victims Among Friends oh, okay. is the song. Yeah, they use the screaming in it, and then they have the one line, which is... They use her screaming, and then they use when Adam says, does this stuff freak you out? And she says, nothing freaks me out. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I think they go a little bit further into that, too, where he says something about back to her, but... It's kind of it's kind of cut out and sampled over a little bit. But. And if you guys don't know who God Module is, they're uh, it's kind of like an electronic band with a, so they call it harsh it's EBM like, in a way. Yeah, it's like God it's not EBM, like, but it's just harsh. Like he does screaming vocals that are kind of like distorted. It's awesome. But all of his stuff is is horror related. Like I think he even has like a T-shirt company called Villain. Yeah, he's just all about horror. But yeah, and then uh, I think he toured with uh, Clint Carney a lot as one of the guys on tour with him, who now does has made movies and special effects. So we'll probably have him on at some point. I reached out to him a while ago, and he said he would come on. So and that's when I'll die, ladies and gentlemen. That is the episode where I will take my last breath. Yeah, Clint Carney is... Uh, I love him. I can't remember his name off the top of my head because I just wasn't thinking about it. But he also was in a band called System Sin. He played for Imperative Reaction. And he also did for God Module. And that's why we brought it up. But yeah, Christina Wood too. She's a huge fan. Fucking love him. And he's really cool. Like, I've met him. He's really nice. like, the biggest crush on him forever from the age of like 16 to 21 yeah so yeah he's doing he does sculptures paintings. he's amazing he's a phenomenal fucking artist and yeah. human being so mm-hmm. well what about uh some favorite scenes that you have do you have any uh scenes that you want to point out yep. or favorite scenes that you might want to bring talk about sure do all right my first favorite scene is when her and adam have their first little like quote-unquote okay well i love their first several, i love but... their first interaction okay ever 
together at the coffee shop because holy shit, that's hilarious. But I'm going to talk about the scene where they have lunch together in the park. Oh, okay. Where um, he cuts a sandwich. That's their in first half. like actual yeah. like kind of like date. He is that a he date? He says, yeah, it's like their first like hangout with each other. So I mean, oh, okay. By her standards, it's probably a date. It's probably like one step before marriage because she's like so awkward. Right, and you know yeah. what's happening, and he's she's he already he's planned out nice. her entire future with him. Yeah, he thinks he's just being nice, but you know, she's like, oh, I love you. Let's get married. Like whatever. Anyway, because later that night, you know, she calls her her boyfriend and stuff. So yeah. But anyways, so he said, you know, she says something about the to the effect of like, I hope you don't think I'm weird or whatever. And he's like, No, I love weird, and I love gross. Talking about her job, he said, I like weird. I like because weird. the girl says I love. I noticed. Yeah. And then he's talking about that he likes weird and that he likes gross and because she's talking about her job. She works as a vet tech or whatever at this veterinary clinic. And he's like, no, please, I love gross. Like, disgust me. Guys are eating lunch. And so she's like, okay. And she starts telling this fucking disgustingly grotesque story. About cats. About a dog. Oh, it's right. Yeah, the intestines. It's, it's a 90-pound, what'd she say, 90-pound black lab? Or was it? But Jack Russell's 90 pounds. It's huge. That's that's a, it's the biggest one ever. That's going to die because it's too big for its body. Well, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. So they had the but, biggest dog ever in here. She says it's like <laughs> a 90-pound black lab or whatever that they did surgery on. And they didn't. They ran out of the large sutures that you're supposed to lo- use for large dogs. So they just doubled up or tripled up on like cat sutures or whatever. Um, well, the dog's name was Seymour. That's what it was. It was a 90-pound black lab named Seymour. Yeah. Anyway... As the owner's at home, apparently Seymour's stitches popped when he was at home. And she's telling this story about how when the when the owner gets home, like he's splayed his guts are all splayed splayed out on the ba- the patio, back patio, and there's blood all, all over, over the, the white wall. picket fence. All yeah, the all way over the white the picket fence. fence. There's yeah. blood all over the white picket fence and it's just like dis- it's just like a disgusting Because it was like jumping up on the fence and stuff, it's I really guess. Ridiculous. And like, she is so tickled yeah, pink about this just, story she's completely entertained like as she's telling it she's just like taking bites of this sandwich and smirking the whole time right. and he's disgusted and like frightened right like the looks on his face and i'm just like oh come on you pussy like <laughs> jesus and like, then and then they have like a real date one time later <laughs> and they're sitting across from each other eating food she was like i'll make you macaroni and cheese and then he does and then he's like oh she's like i i have a story that i want to share with you and then he's like about to take a bite and then he just like slowly puts it down he's like okay what do you have to say <laughs> i thought that was um, cute and, uh, there was like some weird little parts in it that i like just little things like may cuts herself and then anna ferris like <laughs> sees her do it and she's like what the fuck you you know like what are you doing and she's like oh i'm just relaxing and she's like what and she was like here and she stabs her and the thumb and she's like "Ooh, what the fuck you crazy bitch yeah. <laughs> the fuck you crazy bitch yeah. <laughs> I just laughed about that. She's like staring at her and then she's like, oh, I I, kind of liked it. Do me again. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, like, yeah, you know what? I kind of like it. She's such a freak. Like that girl's the freak. I like the movie. Yeah. I like when Anna says to her, so they're like dancing on the table and then she kisses her. Yeah. And she's like, do you like pussy? And she's like, what? What? 
<laughs> cats. Yeah, like who says pussy cats? Pussy cats. First of all, like no one believes you, Anna. <laughs> she's so I love her fucking character. Like she's like the comedic her and the punk kid are like the comedic relief that you like need. Yeah, because the tension, like Jesus it's Christ. It's so thick. They do such a good job of building this fucking like weird, awkward tension the yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you needed that shit. You need Juju B man. Uh, the other thing I thought was funny in that same scene where she says the pussy thing, she kisses her and then she's like, it's girls night. I got to go. She's like, want to come? Oh, you need your beauty rest. Not much, though. And I was like, oh, sly. Yeah, she's like super. <laughs> she's so slick the entire time. And she's like trying to hit on her, get her to pay attention to her. I'm just like, Jeez. Uh do you have another scene? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Which one? When she makes her first kill. Poor, oh, poor Juju B man with, with blank. Poor, poor guy. Yeah. He's just so stupid. What did you think you're doing? He wanted to get to, <laughs> I was like, you know, he's like, I'm just trying to make conversation or like whatever when he's talking to her in a bunch best bunch. Wow. Bus bench. And she's being super rude. And he's just like, well, I'm just trying to make conversation. Like he's just trying to talk to her. And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, you want to go get some jujubes with me? <laughs> and then she smiles. She's like, oh, someone likes me again. And I'm like, what the fuck? So you, know, that, you know, that scene was supposed to be uh, different. They changed it. Oh, really? Yeah, there was originally she was just sitting on the bench with this like angry tone to everybody that walked by her. Oh, Like yeah, she was yeah, just yeah. being a bitch to everybody, including him. And he just wouldn't put up with it so he, he's just yeah. like he was relentless right he was relentlessly nice to her and she gave in somehow and then takes him home and fucking it's kills kind him. of more believable how they did it so yeah God, they changed it did you notice that all the kills in this movie by the way were dealing with the head from the neck up yeah yeah or but, from the chest up except for adams, adams yeah there was, was a couple that were lower like he did stat yeah adam got stabbed in the stomach adam's but, the only one yeah that's a weird thing uh, but everything everybody else, else was in the head. Yeah, everything else was like upper torso. Right. Above. It's weird. I, I don't know. I love that part with fucking punk kid. He's so funny. Blank. He's just like, ah, oh, I'm burning up, man. I'm so hot. Do you mind if I take my fishnet shirt off? Like he's oh wearing God. a fishnet fucking tank top. And so she's like, yeah, whatever. And so he takes off his fishnet shirt. And then he's like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm burning up. I'm still so hot. You got any ice I can rub on my nipples? Mouse died. <laughs> Dead for like 10 fucking minutes after that. Like I had to pause the shit so like until he'd stop laughing because he was just losing his fucking mind over over this he's just like what the hell and i'm like <laughs> we needed him and his fucking glue glued up fucking weird hair I yeah that was i don't know i feel like someone didn't know how to do hair glorious so bad <laughs> and then she keeps it i'm like what yeah i don't know uh yeah that part was really weird though i was so, like was first perfect. of all he's trying to be sly so that she'll be interested in him he's trying to bone her yeah he's like, trying to bone her pretty much i love it you got any ice i can rub on my nipples <laughs> <laughs> like calm down Duvall like, gets up and runs into the kitchen and I'm like oh no <laughs> we got ice nipples over here yeah, going ice in, nipples over here going in the cat box uh, the freezer <laughs> the you <cat> know box. <laughs> uh, I loved it they, it needed it though it one of so the one of the scenes that I really liked that I thought was really odd and kind of out of place but also kind of like really cool at the same time it felt very dreamlike was she ends up seeing a little girl who is oh, blind yeah, yeah. and she decides to donate her time 
and sign up to basically help these blind kids out, specifically for this girl who feels alone because she knows what it's like. And so she's sort of vicariously trying to fix her to fix herself, which is pretty much the theme. It's like all these different layers of her trying to help prevent herself from being a murderer in some way. Uh, But she goes there and she brings her doll that she's abandoned because she fell in love with the guy. And, And not only that, the glass case is broken. Why the fuck would you let a bunch of blind kids touch a broken glass that yeah i was like what the hell? i know it didn't make any sense to me and then they knock it over and break it like in some f- like frenzy of like zombie like fucking actions and like all these blind kids are like like feeling around on the ground their hands and knees crawling all over the broken glass yeah like there's blood everywhere it's all over her it's all over them but god damn it yeah is that scene fucking it's pretty ravenous like it's weird but it's kind of like the breaking point it's a tipping point for her in a way because yeah this is what leads up to her just being like fucking ape going ape shit right well that and the fact that the anna ferris character who she hooks up with uh is just looking for sex and nothing more like she feels like she's completely abandoned by everyone but um there's a transition when she cuts off the yam, the gams, <laughs> gams. of the girl Anna Ferris is banging. I love when she kills her. Yeah. That's, that's the scene that I really like. Right. She That was a really cool scene, yeah. She stabs her in the head. I like that part. But just after that, after she's taken the body parts and everything, and she goes back, and you see her. She, she's covered in blood, first of all. So she it looks like the scene starts off where she's washing her hands, like her own hands. And then the next scene is her cleaning washing off the her leg. legs. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera pans back and it's a severed leg. And you're like, I was like, that's a really cool transition. I thought that yeah, was, was a really cool. nice little touch that they threw in there, you know? But yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Like, I have other scenes, but I don't want to ruin it. Do you have any final thoughts about what you think about this movie and why you like it so much? I mean, why someone might want to see it or who would like it more? I mean, if you're into like any like artistic indie horror films or... Coming of age Coming thing. of age, like, whatever. I don't know. This, to me, is a must-see for everybody. Like, watch it. It's fucking cool. It's interesting. It's super unnerving. It's not necessarily a horror movie, but, I mean, it is kind of slasher-esque, and bitch builds a friend. Right. You know? So many beautiful parts, but not any beautiful holes. Yeah. That, you know? And I'm like, God damn it. I love you. <laughs> like, she's so fucking creepy, and she sells that shit, and it's fantastic. She... And yeah, I I agree. I think phenomenal. Angela Bettis is probably the best thing about this movie. Uh, Hands down, she's able to do such an amazing job with the character that she did. She fucking slays. Like, I almost can't even see her in anything else without seeing that. Oh, yeah. I I see her every time I see her. Like, that's just May, like, to me, every time. And it's just, it's one of those roles that's always going to stick with her whether she wants it to or not. But fuck, she's phenomenal in it. So I think she did a phenomenal performance. I think she's the reason that this movie is so good. Without her, the movie would have sucked. And whoever made this movie um, really lucked out uh, with her as a character, as a actor. Who cast her. Yeah. Yeah, Well, even. fucking job. But they lucked out even getting somebody that could do that. Yeah. As well as her. I feel, I mean, I don't think that it would have failed without her but like out without her as like the actress playing her but i don't think it would have been as impactful okay for sure because she fucking delved into this role and she's just yeah it's pretty haunting some of the characters in that movie remind me of 
of situations I've been in. Like, right. and I think it does with everybody just a little bit. Like you've always, you know, you've been in some awkward situation like that. And like, it makes you wary of even wanting to be in this situation yeah. ever again. <laughs> like I was always, I told Mouse, I was like, this is you flirting. <laughs> like that, that's you. Like you're her. <laughs> you're the same. You're fucking weird. <laughs> like, and I was like, but so am I. Like I'm also, I don't know what's flirting and what's not flirting. Like I'm right. fucking ridiculous. Like I wasn't that fucking weird about stuff. I mean, Mouse wasn't really that weird either. Either, but I was gonna say, I like you joke yeah, about Mouse it. House is weird, but he's not like he's not he's like not that. that weird. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, what? But not at the really. same time, like, yeah, she's super fucking weird, but it's like endearingly weird. Like, I'd be her fucking friend in a heartbeat. Yeah, like, it's cute. It's like kind of weird and like I love it. I like, she, just like friend. the awkwardness of them kissing and shit. I don't know. I was they. It was. Fuck, I love it. I love their chemistry too. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I thought was really good. Is like. Well, all of the characters had really good chemistry. They did, but her and Adam had this legitimate fucking chemistry that worked really, really well. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go. So (laughs) he just leaves her in the middle of it because she's like, oh yeah, she she bites bites his lip. lip. Yeah, Yeah, like what the fuck. I'm like, you pussy. Like, the whole time, I'm just thinking, you're a bitch. I mean, like, it is kind of... Mr. Like, oh, I like weird. I mean, I've got all this fucking crazy artwork that I made with severed heads and right. well, weird he, shit all over my walls, yet you bit my lip, and yeah, now I'm kind of bleeding, a, and you rub blood on you, and now I'm, like, scared. Like, please. Yeah, he's kind of a poser in a way. He is but, a fucking poser. But in the same regard, like, she is weird, so right. you don't know how far she's going to take it. Exactly. But at the same time, like, I'm looking at it like... I know people that like cut each other during sex and then fuck. <laughs> wow. So I mean, that's just what they do. And that's I'm just like, unsanitary. Like um, I don't know. Like I know people who do some really fucking weird. <laughs> no, shit. No, I actually know people that. A lot that, of people in a yeah. lot of weird sexual sexual shit, yeah, and I'm I just like, judge. bro, that's tame. But I could. I'm just saying from from his perspective, I can totally understand. Like I, you know, like. Yeah, but at the same time, not ev- like, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not like you know, ninety percent of the people are like, "Oh yeah, just bleed all over me, no big deal." <laughs> oh yeah, whatever. rub it all over your body, whatever. His own blood. Like, yeah, who cares? Like I don't know. That's that was one of the things that just bothered me the most about his character. Was I'm just like, "Your his room's super cool." It was like, a little abrupt. He's trying to sell this whole like thing that you know he's like this weird artist type or whatever, right. and he's got weird fucking shit. And I love his room. Like I love how they decorated it and all the weird crap they put up. It's awesome. But then I'm like, so you're gonna get all offended and freaked out when she like barely bites your lip when you're making out and then she's just like oh whatever just like rubs the blood on her and then you're like nope <laughs> no like i'm done like this is a, that's it yeah for i me. don't know I'm man just like, like come on you pansy like <laughs> i don't know i mean i can understand i really don't i don't think i could fault somebody for not wanting to be have blood all over them especially if they don't like, like blood i get it but i just felt like they shouldn't have played his character up as well, much think, think of it this like, way like if you put yourself in the perspective they watch his homemade movie where his movie is about a girl and a guy going on a date right and then they eat each other yeah like on like, the date because it's supposed to symbolize the mating call of what like people essentially are doing is in ingesting another human being yeah and, and devouring that's, them that's like what she says too when he gets all freaked out and like leaves her in bed covered in his blood she's like but it's just like your movie right and i'm like yeah he's a bitch like <laughs> he's a bitch yeah, that's just a little weird for let me let him go run and be a baby about it with his little baby like bit lip and let him go <laughs> fucking cry like come on get over yourself god damn <laughs> like, this is how you people make weird fucking zombie eating guys other horror movies. don't like... listen to britney these are how people die okay don't listen to her <laughs> he wouldn't have died just because someone's carving a fucking pentagram in your chest doesn't mean that you need to fucking love them okay no, it doesn't. doesn't mean you're pansy okay <laughs> 
I'm saying you're a pansy. <laughs> Sorry. Like, just Someone's going to get killed, Brittany, and you're, you're going to be to blame. Whatever. They're going to find our podcast in their fucking oh, phone, yeah. and it's going to be game okay. over. Come game at over, me. Game over, Brittany. Come at me. I dare you. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So Moral of the story. Wh- don't do you, be a bitch. <laughs> out of the two movies, what do you think is- I don't- the better one. Come on. Damn it. Which one would choose. you prefer? It doesn't mean you hate the other one. It just means which one do you prefer? Well, which one have I already seen like 20 times and will still watch it another 20 times? Continue to watch you it You set more the times? guidelines. This yeah. is my guideline I'm setting. All right. This is how I'm choosing. I've already seen May a million fucking times. I will continue to keep watching it a million more times because okay. I love this fucking movie for, a, like, I don't know, every fucking reason imaginable is why I love this movie. Like, I just think it's so brilliantly done. It's clever. It's different. The acting is fucking phenomenal and spot on from start to finish. A lot of things about it are just great. Okay. And not to take away from American Mary because American Mary has its own positives too in different ways. I also like American Mary. I would definitely watch that again. You know, like... Is this something that I'm gonna uh, that I would probably watch multiple times in a year? No, but you know, May I would. So that's the only reason why I pick that over American Mary. But I do really like both movies just for completely different reasons. Okay, so that's cool. Both are very girl power esque in completely different ways. Well, <laughs> like, murderers. They're both murderers. They're they both, both seamstresses. One's like a revenge porn murderer who is excellent and right. gets her fucking shit in the end, and it's awesome with the shit that she does to her rapist is great um you know and then the other is just trying to build her perfect person right well but still they're all coming of it they're they're coming into themselves like wow that sounds really bad when i say yeah, that. They, they just came in themselves yeah <laughs> Jesus right Christ. we get it alex <laughs> uh i mean coming of age they are becoming the people that they were meant to be for better or worse yeah uh they are becoming stronger, more confident in themselves and that they don't need other people anymore and they don't live by conventional society. They're strong, independent women that don't right. need no man. Right. Basically. So let's talk about how awesome that Well, is. I mean, May was pretty codependent, whether it's a male or a female. Regardless, it doesn't matter. They, She was dependent on people until she found herself and she was able to kill without any help from anybody else. So... There's a lot to be said about that, folks. I'm a fucking psycho. (laughs) Um, But my personal opinion on this is I I, I would have to give it to to May. Uh, It's not that I didn't like the other movie. I just feel like Angela Bettis did an amazing job. She's killer. She was just really good. And I like I will say that I do like American Mary more now than I did before. And, you know, that's something I feel like I need to do from time to time is just check a movie again. I need to watch The Witch again eventually just to get my opinion oh, yeah. again. You hate that movie. Well, I don't hate it. Yeah, you pretty There's much hate so it. many great redeeming things about that. But, you know, I'm not going to get into that again. It's <laughs> okay. just I, I just I highly urge you guys, if you've watched a movie and you didn't like it and I you try. can't even remember why, try it again. Yeah. It might change try. your mind about it. You might go on with a different perspective. Check a movie out another time and see if it is, changes your opinion. You might be in a different headspace. You might not have as the expectations that you had when you went to see it the first time. There's multitude reasons. But for this episode, I picked May, and I am surprised by American Mary. So. Yay. 
Hooray! We did it! But guys, thank you so much for coming by. What did you guys think of these movies? Do you Have you seen these movies? Have you not? Do you want to see them now? Um, what do you think is the better one to you guys? We'd, we always love hearing it. We've been getting a lot of responses lately, and we really greatly appreciate that. We love hearing from you guys. It's always nice to know, you know what your opinions are, and I really, I don't know, it's just cool. Thank you. Also, don't forget, if you haven't already, go to longlivethevoid.com. Check out our hashtag horror shots, our grave plots. If you have any suggestions for show ideas for any of the segments that we do, um, you can always select it in the drop-down menu on our contact section. If you want to give us like a grave plot movie title name that we would put into our cup, you're welcome to do that. And if we pull it out, we will give you a shout-out and make up the movie for you on the spot and even make a cover for it. So... Um, but yeah guys let us know what you think thank you again for coming by this week we'll be back obviously next Monday brand new episode of Beyond the Void stay weird monsters stay weird monsters